understanding trauma. Um, I think it's pretty important because a lot of people are confused by it, they're intimidated by it, and they deny it if they've got it. Um, and I think that's important because that affects everybody at all ages. Things that might have happened to them in their, you know, in their childhood that they've repressed actively, but it's still creating problems for them, and that's usually depression. When did you first start to think about trauma as a as a cause for some of these? Um, problems in people's lives when they were coming to see you? Well, that's an interesting question. I haven't really, haven't really thought about that. Um, certainly it wasn't through traumatic experiences of my own because I think I've been fairly blessed uh, in that there is, well, funnily enough, there's, there's no rec- trauma that I can recall from my childhood. It was a pretty pleasant childhood. Um, but no, there's, and there's not been any anything that my brain hasn't been able to handle and that is one of the crucial points because with trauma what actually happens is that two people in exactly the same circumstances or emergency type situation can be exposed to exactly the same conditions they can be at the same sort of age and same sort of background one of those people of the two one of those people will just walk away from it they they will be thinking seriously about it and it'll take them a little bit of time to process it maybe maybe hours maybe a few days um, and then it's just a terribly bad memory whereas another person experiencing exactly the same circumstances okay will will actually carry an unresolved trauma uh, and what their brain hasn't done and it can do it what their brain hasn't done um, is to heal itself um, an analogy that's used a lot these days is that uh, if you get a splinter in your finger, um, normally what will happen is that the, 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 the situation, the body will heal itself. You, you don't really have to do anything dramatic. Um, but uh, if, that, if that splinter uh, uh, doesn't come out naturally um, and it becomes infected and it's let go long enough, um, it will cause tremendous trauma. It might even end up meaning the, the amputation of your finger or your hand or whatever, or you might end up getting gangrene and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same sort of thing applies to trauma, where the physical body um, has a great capacity for healing itself. Um, uh, whenever we get a cut or anything, usually if we just put a little bit of antiseptic or something on it, it's okay. Um, but if it's let go, um, it can kill you ultimately. Even the, even a minor scratch can do that ultimately, which is what used to happen in the olden days. Um, but the amazing thing is, and, it's, and there's all the neurological evidence to support this, is that the human brain itself can heal itself. So a person who doesn't suffer from the trauma, does not become traumatized and carry that trauma, what's actually happened is that the the, that particular event, that traumatic event that's, that's recorded in the brain uh, is processed uh, usually quite quickly uh, and it just, as I said, turns into a bad memory. A person who is traumatized has not had the capacity or their brain hasn't the capacity um, and there's no conscious way of doing this. Um, the brain hasn't had the capacity to heal itself and what's happened is that that trauma has been stored in the memory uh, in a way that is not helpful. And the only way in which that trauma is going to be erased, if you like, it's never totally erased, but being properly processed so that it's no longer traumatic, is through some sort of um, uh, special intervention, um, usually by a psychiatrist or psychologist. Is that trauma that's being stored, is it, is it in some ways repressed as well? Is it kind of hiding there? 
Well, well, this is the thing. This is another thing that, that fascinates me. And you kind of asked me, where did it, where did it all start? It, it just, it happened that I was getting a little bit concerned about all the clients that I was seeing um, in that many of them were suffering depression, but they'd been on medication for years on antidepressants, but the depression mm-hmm. was still there. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, I'm not an academic, okay, not as such. Um, I, I, have, I have some academic titles and things, but I'm not a research academic. Um, so I was looking at these things going, well, you know, there's, there's something, something wrong here. Um, why would a person be constantly treated with medication for depression and even years later thinking that, oh, here's an organic type illness, it's called depression, they've caught it somehow or other and it's still there and we keep on giving it tablets but it doesn't go away. That's when I sort of thought of that link. Well, maybe there is something that's hidden, that's there, that's behind the scene that's causing that depression because it's there and it's an unresolved issue, okay? Um, and that's, that's kind of how I think about it and that's how I got interested in the whole notion of trauma. Not, not seeing that trauma in itself had to somehow rather be healed because it needed to be, but because if it's not healed and it then becomes hidden and the person themselves are possibly not even aware that they're repressing um, or denying the existence of that trauma in their brain, in their mind, um, then, then it becomes a serious problem because it could be manifesting itself in a whole pile of other ways, like depression, possibly anxiety, uh, those sorts of things. So it's a deeper, the whole reason for my fascination now with trauma is that is that deeper level of effect it could be having because it's hidden away. And that's exactly why your term, you know, was hidden away. That's exactly the point. We will deny that it exists. Uh, we don't even know that we're denying it exists. And it could be the root cause of a lot of sort of unhappiness um, in, in later life. I'd imagine that recognition of the trauma would be one of the first steps towards healing. Uh, how hard is it to make people under, you know, understand well, that this could be the cause? Okay, well, look, um, there, are, there is obviously those people who are exposed on a very constant basis to potentially traumatic situations. So I'm talking about you know, first-level responders like the police or fire mm-hmm. or, or ambulance drivers, those sorts of people. And I'm also talking about the military and people like that. Now, they're, they're monitored fairly carefully. Um, and there's, well, there's such unusual things that happen with trauma. There can be some people who are, who are first-line or front-line um, responders, and they might work, say, for example, as an ambulance uh, uh, paramedic, um, uh, for 20 or 30 years and never have a problem because they've been able, unconsciously, I would have thought, to resolve the, the trauma before it became a permanent attachment you know, to their, to their mind. Um, now, sometimes, and this happens often enough for it to be a concern, professional concern, that that same, very same person, the same person who might have not got traumatized by a single event, um, is not traumatized by multiple events over a very long period of time. And then suddenly when they're in their 50s, they wake up and can't go back to work. Uh-huh. They just can't. It's just caught up with them. It's like a cumulative effect, like a cumulative poison that suddenly it breaches. Um, and then they, they just can't operate in that capacity. They just can't go back. Now, that stuff is monitored reasonably well. Uh, there are different sorts of therapy um, to, to, you know, to handle it. Uh, and I'm not knocking medication when it's when it's used, um, you know, appropriately. 
but uh, it's look, it's a complex area. Um, and I guess the point I'm trying to make right now is sometimes we don't even know that we are traumatized um, because it's, it's more convenient not to be traumatized for a whole pile of other social reasons. Um, it could be to do with work. It could be to do with marriage. It could be to do with a whole pile of things. So I don't know whether that makes sense, um, but that's what fascinates me uh, is, the, is the curious nature of trauma and how it can impact some people at the time and other people it does not. And some people, because of the nature of the work they do, that's the one I'm possibly least concerned about because the offer is there. Of course, I feel sorry for the people who are traumatized in those professional capacities. But at least we know that in most circumstances, everybody is aware that they could be traumatized. But then there's the person who might have had a very unfortunate sexual sort of situation when they were very young with the person next door or a family member or something like that. And that stuff does happen. Okay, I know that from my own clinical experience. Um, and you know that might have been actively repressed for years and years and years and years. And it's not really revealing itself person in their 20s. Life things change. That, that trauma is still there and maybe a subtle recognition of the fact that that trauma is there starts to occur, starts to appear, and they start to realize that there's something deeper than just having depression for the last 20 or 30 years, that there might really be a real reason for that depression that really can be treated. And that, that in itself is, is, is exciting to me, that, that that's how we can go about it.